Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to this, another episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm always joined by my two co-hosts, Alex and Peter. On today's episode, obviously, we have to go over uh, the Chelsea versus Wolves game. Turns out Thomas Tuchel did not have to go through the quarantine period in this one. Um, so he was able to be, he was able to have a training session with the players before the game, an evening training session, and then he was able to obviously um manage in the game and we will talk about it the new formation that it looks like Thomas Tuchel will be implementing with Chelsea we thought he was going to not be doing anything crazy and he he basically did um so we'll, we'll get into that obviously and there's a few other there's a few other Chelsea news stuff going on um we obviously have to do a player of the match for the Chelsea Wolves game we have I feel like we forgot about that a, a few games um, and then, obviously, our Chelsea versus Burnley game on Sunday. We will have a lineup and score prediction for that one. So let's start off with Alex. You know, um, whatever you want to get into first, because there is a lot of talk about on the table today. So, you know, obviously, nil-nil, not the best result, but not a terrible result, uh, considering our most recent run of form. Um, so when I was looking at it tactically, right, when when you see the three-in-the-back system, I'm not sure about you guys, but I initially think Antonio Conte and his three at the back with Victor Moses and Marcus Alonso at the wing back positions. But this is kind of like a different three at the back. It's almost like a three in the back that shifts to a four at the back quite often. Um, because Callum hudson Adoy at that right wing back spot, he was so far forward that entire the entire game that it was almost like Chilwell had more responsibility to stay back a little bit more. Um, So I thought that in attack, they were kind of more a four at the back and in defense, they were kind of a three in the back. You know, in general, it didn't even seem like they were playing three at the back um, most of the game. But, you know, obviously you could see that there as P was pushing forward a little bit, even as more of like a right center back, more right back. But it was awkward. I felt like the wide players, Chilwell and Hudson Doyle, they didn't have any support. It felt like when they got the ball, there was no one to help them. It felt like they they were like forced to take on their man one on one, or they had to you know pass back, and I thought that was a bit of a problem. There was no midfield players checking into them really. 
uh, Jorginho and Mateo Kovacic, they were kind of just sinking behind them just there for the backwards pass. There was no motivation going forward. You would see Kai Havertz and uh, Ziyech maybe making some runs, but there wasn't really anything else. And Giroud didn't see, he seemed kind of lost in the system. There was, yes, there was balls coming in, but it felt like, I don't know, it just felt like an awkward system. It felt like, you know, obviously they only had one day to practice it, but it, it didn't feel exactly right. So I'm going to, I'm interested to see what he does on Saturday in terms of adjusting it. Um, especially Callum Hudson-Odoi at the right wing back. Yes, he played very well um, yesterday, but definitely not his best position in my opinion. I agree with some of what you said, and I also disagree with some of what you said. And I'll start out talking about the formation because that's what you talked about. And I mean, I feel like if you look at the formation, it looks like a fourth, uh, three, four, three. But realistically, it wasn't at all. Like you said, it shifted to a back four very constantly with Chowell there. And even when we brought on Pulisic, it still kind of shifted to a back four, though the wingbacks tracked back well. Even Callum Hudson Adore tracking back towards the end of the game, basically saving the game winning goal. And then obviously at the front three, we had Giroud, Havertz, and Ziyech. And it was, I feel like they weren't really wingers as much as they were kind of just, I don't know, kind of like uh, attacking mids who kind of just drifted around making runs instead of being set to a certain position. And uh, he, they just, he, Tuko just let them have freedom and to use their creativity to try to create chances uh but i feel like it was somewhat clumsy but it also worked but i don't think kovacic and jorginho are gonna be able to i don't know if they're the right midfield pairing for this for this system because like you uh like alex said i mean they kind of just we're only there for the back pass. They never really tried to go forward. They just played side to side or backwards without ever going forward. Then when I, it's just, I don't know. I mean, yes, I know Tuchel likes to have possession. Obviously we were very successful in that, but I don't know if this is a good system for those two. Obviously Conte coming back, I feel like he'll bring something different into it. Uh, Gilmore might play some, uh, Mason Mount might play there it's inter- it's interesting to see what he said but one thing i do want to say is that it looked much much better than we have been playing it looked like we had a sense of what we were trying to do we had some tactics we pressed hard worked hard and i mean we basically dominated the game we gave up i'd say like two or three chances they weren't even that good there was one really good one obviously hit the bar it was probably off sides but I mean, realistically, there wasn't anything. There weren't any big chances. We, but then again, we didn't really have any big chances either. Chilwell obviously skied one over the bar. We, Kai Havertz had a header towards the end of the game that looked like it might have been going goal bound. But I mean, it was kind of just a possession game and we dominated that, but we couldn't really do anything with it. And I think, I think it'd help if we had more training sessions. It'd look more organized. We'd probably be have a better sense of where players are going to make a runs where there's open space where what's a good point to cross from to try to make darting runs but i think it'll get better and better as we have more and more training sessions more and more games and as we as Tuko tries to until and Tuko tries finds you until he finds the best lineup he has for the system but i mean i wouldn't say i'm extremely happy with the result 
obviously a scoreless draw is not what you want, but it did look promising and it looked better than we have been playing. Yeah, and I mean, just going to the match stats, you know, Chelsea once again controlling the possession in this game with 79% of it, which is a lot um, that we've seen. And one thing I like to point out, though, is that Chelsea defense was was pretty solid. And I mean, Wolver, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers were not able to really um, have any chances. They had like four shots. None of them were on goal. Chelsea had 14 shots and five of them were on goal. So that really kind of shows um, how we were able to do very well. Um, the corner kicks, too, are a big one with the uh, 13 corner kicks to one. Um and, and I think I think it just showed that it was a very dominating performance, and although it was nil nil, I think it was just because we weren't able to really get that 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 goal. Um, we had many scoring opportunities, and we just weren't able to capitalize on all of them. I think that's going to actually lead me into my player rating of my Chelsea player of the match, and that is going to be Callum Hudson Odoi. Um, you know he. I don't think he looked the best at where he was playing, um, but I mean, a little preview to my lineup is that I still have that three four, um, whatever three four two one, because um, I think Tuca will go to it again as he liked it. Um, so yeah, but I thought he was Chelsea's best player of the night. Um, you know, when they when they played, he looked very good from start to finish, and he was putting in very good balls into the box. So. I think he was definitely doing well, winning you know battles against uh, the defenders as well. So he's going to be our player of the match. Uh, I agree. I do think he's playing the match. I don't really get what you guys are saying. Why he? Yes, he did look kind of out of place there, but I mean he played really well. He tracked back, like I said earlier, made a crucial uh, challenge to prevent a really good opportunity for Wolves towards the end of the game. Probably our most dangerous player going forward made runs, he fit into that position well. I mean, sure, it probably was, it could have been better, but for the most part, he played really, really well at that position for having not played it. And every game, assuming we keep the same system and Tuchel likes him there, every single game he plays there, he's just going to get better and better and better. And I think he was definitely a man of the match, but I also do want to point out uh, Kai Havertz. I wouldn't say he's my man of the match, but I do want to just point out that he has actually played. He played. Okay, I can't say he played really, really well, but he played well. He made some good runs. He didn't look bad. He looked comfortable. He looked like he actually was. He looked like he could play in the Premier League. He was composed. He had a header. I mentioned earlier header that was before it was blocked might have been going in. I mean, he obviously set up a big chill well chance off of a really good run. I mean, he just played well, but Telemotsu Nadoi played really well. I think he'll only get better in that position as he gets more used to it. Yeah, no, just one quick thing, Peter. Um, That was, uh, not to throw Alex under the bus or anything, but that was Alex. Um, I, I, um, I actually thought he played very well, and I thought, I thought there was nothing really um, bad about him playing in that right wing back to position. And obviously, I wanted to play on the right wing, particularly but no, I did not see anything wrong with that. Sorry to uh, throw you under the bus there, Alex. I just wanted to clear things up. I don't see anything particular. Like, I don't see it as the worst thing in the world. I understand why you're doing it, right? We have all this attacking talent going forward. Why not use it, um, you know, to our advantage by putting one of them at wing back? So I get it. It's just, it seemed a little bit awkward. I'm not sure if that's exactly what, we want to do there at that position because I think Reese James is honestly a better option at that position 
if we do want to do three at the back, I think that's a, I think it's a better option. Yeah, I, I like Reese James there because I think he offers a little bit more defensive stability than uh, Calum Hudson-Odoi. And I think in big games, maybe against smaller teams who are, you know, sitting back against us, Calum Hudson-Odoi could do the job. But I think if we're against good opposition who were on the back foot, we're going to need someone a little bit more defensively, um, stronger defensively back there. But yeah, I don't I don't see anything super wrong. I thought he was the man of the match also. Um, in terms of anyone else, Kai Havertz had a solid game. Peter mentioned him. Everyone else looked kind of lost. Uh, I thought Aspi had a solid game too. I thought he put in a couple nice balls um, and he was solid defensively. So I'll give him a shout out as well. But besides that, there wasn't really any key performers besides uh, CHO. Maybe Kai Havertz and obviously uh, Aspi I thought did pretty decent as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with all of you guys transitioning now to our Chelsea news. We do have a few points that we want to cover here on the podcast before we move to the Chelsea versus Burnley lineup and score uh, preview prediction, whatever you want to call it. Um, it really seems like it's heating up now that Chelsea is planning to bid a serious amount to sign Erling Holland uh, in the summer. And OK, they have the money to do it. Somehow, <laughs> um, you know, they have the money to do it. I mean, it is Chelsea, so Roman, Roman Abramovich always has money. But after last summer's like blockbuster deals that we that we really did um, and, and all the money we spent last year, I did not expect us to have the money to do so, but we do. Um, and I think that I don't know why we're pursuing. I mean, he's really, really, really good. Um, Holland, but I just I don't know why we're trying to pursue another attacking um, striker. We just signed Werner, and he is playing very poorly. We still have Giroud. I don't know. You know, he's obviously here till the summer. I mean, I, I would hope we sign it for another year because how many goals he's getting. And then we have the young man Tammy Abraham, who hopefully can keep on improving. So I don't know why we need another one of these guys. Obviously, main position center forward, and then also striker. So as much as Holland's like a, a generational talent, I think he's probably second best striker in the world right now behind um, Lewandowski, maybe Ronaldo also, obviously right now can't count him out. But I think he won't want to come here, number one. I don't think we, we have the money, right? But it's going to be a hefty amount to get Erling Holland. I think it's upwards of two, $300 million. Um, it's going to be a lot of money. I'm not sure what his contract situation is, so it might be a little bit different, but for sure it's going to be tough to get him. I think there's other places that are much more appealing than Chelsea, and I also think he's not as much as he would make our team much, much better. I think a player of his quality in another position would make a bigger impact than him, and I feel like you know we've seen a lot of talented strikers come to Chelsea, and they haven't always worked out, so... I also am worried for him. I really like him as a player, but I also don't want to see him, his career ruined. Um, so I think he should, I mean, I think he should stay at Dortmund for the rest of the season. I'm assuming he will. And I think most likely he'll probably go somewhere like Real Madrid. Uh, I think Bayern's actually a nice place for him. Lewandowski's getting up there in age and maybe after he leaves, that would be a, a nice spot for Holland. But I don't think he's coming to Chelsea. Doesn't seem like the right fit. I, I don't know. He. Uh, he's also one of those players who I'm not sure would actually fit very well in the Premier League. I could be very wrong, but who knows? I don't know. I just don't want to see his uh, career get wasted as Chelsea. at Chelsea. Obviously, I really hope he comes, but I'm a little bit worried for it as well. This one is confusing, and it, it I have mixed emotions about it. 
Because, I mean, like, I, I, like Alex, I also love him as a player. I, if, if I didn't support Chelsea, I would probably support Dortmund. So, obviously, seeing him go to a team that isn't Dortmund uh, would be sad. But even if he comes to Chelsea, what would that do to all our other players? I mean, what would Werner be on the bench? Would we go to a 4-4-2? Then what would happen to Mount, Havertz, Kovacic, Jorginho, Conte? We don't have enough spots if we only have two midfields. But then if we have four midfields, I mean, what would we play wingers at, at like attacking mids in like a four triple two? It's just he's obviously a generational talent. In he's so young and is already one of the best strikers in the world. But does he even fit in? I get that. I mean, I'd love him. He's obviously. I mean, you don't need to say you love him to. You want a generational talent on your team, but like what would happen to the rest of our players if he did come in? Because obviously he'd have to start every game. I mean, I think he'd perform well, but Timo Werner, who we spent, what, like 50 million on, is just to the bench. Uh, Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, they might play together in the midfield. Conte then might leave if he doesn't feel like he could get game time. He'd have, he might have a better future somewhere else. I mean, I feel like... You when you see Holland going to Chelsea, you're like, oh yeah, I want that. But if you think about it, is it really a good thing if we get him? Because I mean, yes, it is because he's he'd help us score goals, which is what we're struggling with. But I mean, as a team as a whole, is it really a good thing? And I mean, that's just something you have to look at while you're you're judging your opinion on it. All right, so on to the next news that we have um, here. So um, what we have is Anthony Barry. Uh, it seems he's Chelsea's first team coach. Um, I have heard of him before. don't really know much on him. Uh, he seems to actually be leaving Chelsea, um, not because of he's getting sacked, but because he's heading to Fleetwood Town in League One. Not huge news, um, but, you know, something we wanted to cover. Um, and then next thing on the list, I've seen a lot of rumors that Billy Gilmore is expected to leave Chelsea in January for a short uh, loan move. Only until the summer to get more European competition, I've seen as the main reason why, so we can start him more when he comes back, so we can have more experience. Um, and, and I've seen a rumor be West Ham. If you guys want to have a say in that, you can let me know um, when you guys go for the lineups. So on to the lineups now. I'm going to have Mendy and Nett, and I think there's no question there. You know, People are seeing, saying maybe Kepa comes in to, to start something new uh, with Tuchel, but please don't make that a thing. Um, and then my formation, once again, is going to be that three, four, two, one. I think he's going to rock with it once more. And then my three at the back is going to be once again, Rudiger, Silva and Asby. I would like Zuma to play, but they're having Rudiger do it right now. And because I think they did stop, um, what was it? Um, Wolves, sorry. Um, really well. Then I think they're going to have those three at the back once again. I agree. I think it is also going to be the three, four, two, one, three, four, three, the three at the back formation, I'll just say, because it really could be a lot of things. Uh, Mendy, Silva, Rudiger, Aspie, same same team. They played well. They gave up a few uh, like a few chances, but I mean, it's expected. You can't really go a whole game without giving up that many chances. So they played well, but it was against the Wolves team who sat back and didn't really try to go for attacking much, but against Burnley, who's playing really well. Maybe they'll get more action. We'll see how well they actually are as a three-back pairing. So I'm going to do like a 3-4-2-1 or however you want to say it. 
Um, I, I'm interested here. So Mendy in goal for me. And then I'm going to have the same back three as last game also. But I have an interesting proposition. We've seen Callum Hudson-Odoi move to uh, right wing back. Could we see Reese James put in, in that right center back role? Interesting uh, idea for me. Not sure it would happen, but, you know, Tuchel's already made that one kind of, uh, not crazy, but a little bit out of the box there, uh, solution for Callum Hudson-Odoi. Could he do that with Reese James? Me just thinking his right foot whipping in those balls. I know Aspie does too um, sometimes when he pushes forward a little bit. I think Reese James could be really good there in that position. I don't think he will start there. Just an interesting thought I had there. Um, and then going to the four in the midfield. On the left-hand side, I'm going to have uh, Ben Chilwell in that left wing, wing back spot. I'm going to have Mason Mount and Mateo Kovacic in the center of midfield. And on the right-hand side, I'm going to have um, Callum Hudson-Odoi again, I believe. I think he'll be up there uh, on that right-hand side. Yeah, my four for me is going to be a left-wing back Ben Chilwell, center mid. I think I'm going to have N'Golo Conte because it seems like he's coming back for this game. Then Jorginho as well because, you know, Tuco likes Jorginho. So there we go. And then uh, right-wing back, once again, Hudson-Odoi because of how well he played. I think changing it up a little bit, I think uh, Tuchel's going to go a bit uh, to what he did towards the end of the game. I think Christian Pulisic will actually be out there at left wing back. Obviously, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play because he obviously, right now, he's kind of getting used to all the players and seeing what they can do in his system. So if he didn't start, it'd be because he already knows what he can do. But I think Pulisic will be out there on the left. In the center, I definitely think Conte will be there. He's coming back from injury. But then it's an interesting question. I'm not really sure who I want to put next to him. Obviously, you could have Jorginho, you could have Kovacic, maybe even Billy Gilmore might get a start. Mason Mount could be there. I think I think he likes Jorginho the most, but I think he might want to try Mason Mount at a kind of different position and try to get some more attacking uh, from that that those two midfielders there. So I think Mason Mount and Conte will be the two in the middle. And then I think Callum Hudson-Odoi will start again as kind of the right wing back. And then moving on to, I guess, my front three, my or my two cams and striker, whatever you want to call them. I think Kai Havertz is going to be there. I think Timo Werner will get his first start on their two goal. And I think, I think Hakim Ziyech will play there. So Hakim Ziyech, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz. Hopefully Havertz and Werner can link up Werner can get back into goals going for him and impress on his first game with a new manager. So for me, in those two cam spots, on the left-hand side, left forward, left cam, whatever you want to say, I'm going to have Christian Pulisic starting there. On the right-hand side, I'm going to have Kai Havertz in that right cam, more maybe central than Christian Pulisic will be. And up top, I'm going to have Timo Werner. Uh, and I think that's going to be my front three for Saturday. My front three for Saturday. I also have Christian Pulisic at like the left forward. The right forward, I'm going to actually have uh, Ziyech starting there. And then at my striker, I'm going to have Timo Werner. And that is going to be my front three and my lineup for um, Sunday's game. Once again, Sunday's game, I don't think I mentioned this. Uh, we're going to be playing Burnley. I think I said that, though. Chelsea is in eighth. They're tied with Arsenal in points, which is sad um, after how much we 
um, talk crap about Arsenal, but we are tied with 30 points to them, uh, sitting in 8th, and then Burnley sitting in 15th with 22 points, so we should be able to get this one done. And then that game is going to be at 7 a.m. Once again, another early wake-up for us here, uh, 7 a.m. on Sunday, and then it's going to be 12 p.m. for all you people watching in the U.K. And my score prediction for this game, Chelsea get a win. Thomas Tuchel's first win as Chelsea manager. I'm going to have a 2-0 win for Chelsea. I think we're going to score two goals, but I think we're going to have, I think we're going to give up one. Burnley is actually, they're in good form right now. They've been playing really well. So I, I wouldn't actually be surprised, even though Burnley isn't the greatest team, if we draw this game. I don't think we'll lose it, though. I think we'll definitely control enough possession that it'll be hard for them to get too many chances. So I think 2-1 or 1-1 will be the score, but I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Chelsea, our first win under Thomas Dugo. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win also for Chelsea, and I'm going to predict a Christian Pulisic goal and a Kai Havertz assist. I don't know. I'm just going randomly off the bat. If those happen, I'm going to brag about it next episode um, when we recap Burnley and obviously preview Tottenham as well. Never heard that one before. Um, <laughs> never, yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that one before. Christian Pulisic goal um, is not my. You know, I'm gonna pull an Alex real quick. We're gonna go Timo Werner. All of his confidence will be back. Not even close because he's not getting a goal. But I'm just for 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 the uh, for the last. I'm gonna have a Timo Werner goal. Turns it around. It'll be wonderful. Thank you, Timo Werner. You were a waste of a signing. Um, go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Go follow Alex on Twitter at Anorin23. Go follow me on Twitter at JoshLittle29. And go follow the Giant Take Pod on Twitter. It's a New York Giants podcast that I do with Alex Peters. has been on there before. You can also go follow it on Instagram and Facebook at the Giant Take. Wherever you're listening, drop a five-star uh, ratings. If you can write a review, that would be even better. I um, really appreciate it. Subscribe wherever you're listening. And keep on listening once again this week. It was very special because we had a game in midweek that we had two episodes. But if there's just games on weekends, you'll have at least one episode per week. Two games, like I said, two episodes per week. Um, look forward to an episode early next week where we recap this one, preview Tottenham, uh, uh, Tottenham on Thursday. Thank you so much for listening to episode number 35 of the Talking Blues podcast. I've been your host, Josh, joined by two co-hosts, Alex and Peter. And we will see you next time for another Chelsea recap slash preview. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. 
Please subscribe and happy listening.